My guest today is Lippi Sarkar. Lippi is a program director involved in Microsoft Dynamics 365 project, and she is also an author that has written the book called Building a Digital Future. This interview is very interesting because not only we go about her professional background, uh, her vision of consulting, but also uh, we touch upon parts of her book. Her book is, I think it's very well laid out for anyone, any consultant, any executive, any person that wants to understand what it takes to make a successful digital transformation uh, program. Because digital transformation is not only about technology, it's also about your people, about your processes, and as she said, about governance, which I think an amazing point. So in this interview in the next half hour, you will be really listening to a very powerful insights about whatever is needed to be successful with your digital transformation initiative. So without further ado, let's start with Lippi Sarkar. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. Hello and welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle to Lippi Sarkar. Lippi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for inviting me in your show. Yes, I'm glad to have you on the show because you're uh, an author. That may be the first reason why you have been uh, invited. But what we share in common is pretty extensive experience in uh, being involved in a ERP and digital transformation project. So uh, for the audience, could you please uh, share the most important parts of your career story, uh, Lippi? Sure. Uh, I'm Lippi Saka. I've been in the career in, uh, in this industry. Industry, in the consulting industry about 20 years and um, the consulting it takes you it's fantastic in a way because I always I mean while I grew up always wanted to travel around the world so that's the best part when you're traveling around the world while you're doing consulting but at the same time you get to see a lot of meet a lot of people get to know a lot of different kind of cultures and also obviously the part of it is traveling around what I didn't envisage being in a hotel room for a few days that is something I didn't envisage at that point before while I was growing up. But I always um, taken that in my stride and I always enjoyed the career of, you know, traveling around, meeting new people, talking about technology. And that's another part of it because I wanted to bring the technology and helping people. So that was something always I wanted to do, help people. And at that time, bringing technology and consulting, it's a good merging point, how you can deliver values and benefits for the people you care and for the people you can give something to them. Does your educational background lies into technology? Yes, I did my master's in technology. I'm a physics graduate and then I did my MBA. So it's a combination of technology and business, which has led me into the career path as I am right now. I okay. have worked in one of the big four. I've worked in consulting organizations and I have been part of a, a pivotal role of delivering and leading the technology, delivering the digital transformation in different spaces, whether it's retail, whether it's uh, you know the supply chain, sales and marketing, it's uh, services, it's all varied sectors. Yes, not only varied sectors in which you work, but you also had uh, a wide breadth of roles. At the start of your career, two decades ago, you were not necessarily leading a practice. You were more on the development side or something like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I started my career as an analyst programmer. 
Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to project management, program management, program director, leading a practice, you know, and leading a practice is you bring across a number of practices and see how what works for your clients yeah. uh, and deliver the best in class, really. And then you start setting up. And then from then onward, it's kind of a journey wherever you are and whatever role you are doing is always embedding that best in class technology, best in class practice and deliver the benefits or deliver the values. Yeah, it's very important what you mentioned about uh, best-in-class. I will uh, go back to that. But uh, in the meantime, as I mentioned in my first uh, intervention in the interview, is that uh, you are an author. Can you just maybe give the name of your book and uh, why you wrote that book? And then I would like to go back to what you mentioned about best-in-class. Let me reference you uh, the book. So this is Building a Digital Future. You can find this book in Amazon. Um, And the reason why I called it Building a Digital Future, and I'll talk come about the technology, what we have covered in this book. What led to me write, writing this book is more about, you know, you find number of technology books or you find number of business books. So what I wanted to get to with my co-author, Vinny Bansal, is to bring across that blend. Uh, it's not a technology book. What we are referring in this book is more about what you need to avoid uh, to lead a digital transformation. And now we are talking about from the perspective of how you can prepare your organization, what you need to do to get the sponsorship, to get the leadership buy-in and deliver the values to your clients, to your employees or to your workforce. And then we touched upon the technology part as an enabler to say that uh, Microsoft Dynamics is a product and using Dynamics, which has got the inbuilt capabilities of leading the digital transformation in many ways, whether you are talking about ERP, finance and operations, supply chain, uh, retail or sales and marketing or services. Hence, we wanted to touch upon that as a technology um, and then the power platform, which enables and which, um, you know, empowers the workforce in terms of resolving the business problems. So we touched upon that, but then we went on in terms of how you can manage change, what you need to do, how you need to prepare your organization, what you need to think about as a continuous improvement, because digital transformation, whatever we say, and we come to it later on, what exactly does it mean by digital transformation for you? And people might have different ways of thinking of digital transformation. So that led us to write the book at the first instance. Digital transformation, maybe what is maybe underestimated is that it's uh, it's mostly like business transformation. Maybe you're too much onto the technical parts, like, uh, okay, I'm going to click less to do a purchase order. Great. Yes. But it requires a lot of other aspects. So you were referring a, a bit earlier to uh, best in class. And that's something that very often uh, happens when some people in the audience are consultants, but also could be working in companies that have worked with consultants. And very often, consultants will talk about best-in-class and best practices. So uh, that idea of uh, putting the best-in-class or the best practices for uh, for clients, is it something out of your experience that you have seen that is always the right thing to do? Or sometimes you can be flexible? (laughs) It's it's a (laughs) strange question. question. That's a very good question, Yajan, because as a consultant, you need to understand uh, the culture of the organization, the mindset of people, right? Mm -hmm. Because what you are delivering with the technology is for the people, not to the people. You're not delivering digital transformation to the people. They have to be part of the digital transformation. They need to know because as an organization, they would know what is the culture. They would know what works and what are the capabilities. And again, some organization might not know. Um, Hence, the preparation goes in at the very beginning. The leadership team needs to know about, you know, what is the capability? What are the internal strengths of the organization? 
once you know that, and it's very easy to formulate what are the vision and what are the values that you're actually going to deliver. Now, I come to that, your question about is best in practice always comes in a box? It's, it's not really. You can define from the technology perspective what are the data rules? What are the data good governance looks like? What are the data good governance looks like? What is it from the technology point of view? What are the solution architecture good looks like? But what you cannot define is what good looks like for the organization. Because, and I want to refer to one of the uh, very good quoted from Peter Drucker is about a culture is strategy at breakfast. So <laughs> if you don't know about the culture and if you're trying to do certain things, you know, within an organization, it might not work. So we need to identify who are the business champions, what is the culture within the organization, what might work. Um, so hence, bringing the people, processes, technology, and the governance together, and then you can define the best in class or best practices. So I would say, yes, I can define the best practices for the dynamics, but I can define the best practices from the architecture point of view, from the data, good governance looks like, and overall governance, but also the biggest element which keeps on changing. And you have to think about um, the variation of the organization, the number of wrappers around that, it's a culture, it's people's mindset. So those are the things need to be really looked into with the lens of organization so that you can rip apart or you can define what are the examples you have got within the organization and then implement the best in class of best practices. Yeah, great. That's a great answer. The importance of having people process technology and governance aligned uh, in order to do that. It's an excellent answer. Out of your um, two decades of experience in, uh, in consulting, with regards to those uh, aspects of the people, so how to uh, manage change, processes, technology and governance, how have you seen the evolution goes on those, uh, on those aspects? Uh, and I assume you refer to that as well in the book. I would start with three myths of digital transformation. So yes. how digital transformation, usually people uh, think about retiring a technology. So it's not... Uh, digital transformation, if you're thinking about just upgrading a solution, um, having AX, let's move on to cloud, that's just more digital transformation. It, it is kind of, you can wrap it around, but what does business uh, gets, what kind of value business gets out of that technology? So that's, that's the first myth. Then the second one is about, oh, we don't need change because we have internal capabilities. We have project managers uh, who can lead with the change. So that's another myth. I think when if you we, say you don't need change, you mean we don't need a change management team in the project? Is that what you mean? We don't need to do any kind of change management. Our project oh, yeah. managers are capable of handling the change uh, because we are bringing in either ERP, let's say, or maybe uh, sales or marketing or maybe services. So we are capable of handling that. So the change part is completely ignored and change, we don't need change. So, and again, I have seen different variation of it. Sometimes we put a lot of change in um, change elements and change management, which makes the project cost very high. And sometimes we have seen we don't need change. Um, that's another different variation. So it's not about just, uh, if you think about retiring a technology or upgrading a system, that is not digital transformation. What digital transformation is, it's again, three stages. First, you need to identify whether you are going to bring all your assets in cloud. That's digital assets. First, maybe that's a stage one. Once you have done that, then think about the customer experience you are going to provide. That's stage two. What kind of customer experience you are delivering with those core processes in cloud? And then once you have done that, the level three is all about 
defining a business uh, channel of values, what other business model you can create using the, those technology, using those core processes in cloud. So if we bring it together, and I think that's where lots of variations you would see what exactly, what are the business values I'm going to deliver. If we try to map all this together, and I think that's where you will see the success. Um, so yes, I have seen different variations about change. And in terms of how you manage change, if you have a small organization to mid-size organization to global size organization, you will have different variations of change, but you will have the change management always embedded within that hand in hand that goes with running and leading, you know, delivering the technology piece. So bringing those all together, I think will be really useful to see what are the key benefits you can deliver to business. Yeah, excellent. So uh, the digital assets, the decision about the digital assets to take. So yeah. either in cloud or in premise or a mixture, the customer experience and yeah. the business channel of value. So maybe finding new uh, business models. That is so uh, so important. You refer as well to the size of the company. So digital transformation, is it a big company's game with big consultants or it's also uh, mid-sized organizations? And it's also, everywhere. It's everywhere. Good. Yeah, Good. it's everywhere. Digital yeah. transformation is about how you are actually delivering the digital transformation. So small organization or mid-sized organization might gain quite a lot with digital transformation because they can, um, you know, the customer base, um, the workforce might be smaller. So in terms of training the client, in training the clients or understanding what are the business model that they can recreate or training their workforce might come in smaller size compared to the global size organization where it will be like multiple channels or multiple countries rollout need to happen mm -hmm. and you need to prepare the workforce internally but again you, it impacts on wide range of cultures wide range of countries so you have to plan for it you can do deliver the digital transformation with six months to nine months to one year but again it's not a one time program that's another mm -hmm. myth people think about digital transformation once we have delivered that's it we don't have to do anything after we have delivered the digital transformation uh, it's a one-year program so you have to continuously in the roadmap you have to continuously think about um, how you bring in the continuous innovation continuous improvement moving from um, you know six months to nine months to uh, 12 months to 18 months so again it's a phased approach you need to take that's what yeah. I would say. Yeah. And I was referring to the digital different levels. So you can refer to this. This is in chapter one. You can refer to this in uh, details about what I was referring to different stages. Okay, excellent. Excellent. That's within the book. And what you mentioned uh, also right uh, before was very important because I would like to know for you, what is the role of the consultant in the digital transformation? Because sometimes we businesses say you have businesses that have started a, uh, a digital transformation program that has costed, uh, I don't know, in the seven figures. And two years later, they say, oh, we did this project and actually we did not get any value. But does that mean that the consultant had not played his role necessarily? So what is the added value of having a working with consultants for doing a digital transformation? So when you're referring to, just to rephrase that question, when you're referring to consultant, are you talking about consulting organization with like a delivery partner or you're referring to consultant as a functional consultant, business analyst? Yeah, I will uh, first say the, when it's indeed a uh, delivery partner. Okay. 
So if you're talking about delivery partner, what are the key objectives of the delivery partner? So are they engaged for delivering the technology or are they engaged as a change management, deliver the change management, as well as delivering the technology? So both goes hand in hand. First, we need to understand what are the key, uh, you know, you can find that in the commercial document. Um, and what is the scope of the work? So, and again, measuring the scope of the work. Sometimes we forget about, uh, you know, measuring the benefits that we have delivered to the client. It's, it's also about, you know, measuring the benefits, measuring the values that we are delivering. It might have a roadmap, it might have a plan, but how flexible we are in the plan, because sometimes if things are not going, working together, are we actually changing the, are we flexing the plan? Are we raising the right risk and right issues, issues even if it is a sensitive one? Um, are we raising it to the right authority of the people so the right people can talk about what are the mitigations of the risk? Yes, it might impact commercially, it might impact on the timeline or it might impact on the scope. So to first start with, the scope is sometimes people think about if we are going agile project, uh, and then the scope is fixed. It's not always the case because if you have started with a premise of we are going to deliver certain things within certain time frame that means we you have overarching you have looked at the overarching scope but if it is getting complex if it is getting in more details then you need to think about what are the key priorities and again need to the consultants need to work with the client to get the priorities what values it is delivering to the business the client would have a better understanding of that. And the decision should be in their hand in terms of making that decision. Once you have clearly clarified about the prioritization and then moving on and delivering it, I think it should be at a certain point in time, it should always have that uh, lessons learned and measuring. And what are we measuring? Are we measuring the scope? Are we measuring the timeline? That need to be clearly stated at the upfront. So that's very important as well. Yeah, the postmortem, uh, what happens after the project. So now on the book itself, we, you have referred to uh, three myths of digital transformation, three levels uh, of digital transformation. Uh, what else can the reader find in the book and uh, who is it for? So you, let me answer who is it for first. Uh, so you have written this book. Um, if somebody thinking about digital transformation and they have not identified which technology they want to go to, they can read the book. They will get a great uh, perspective of what you need to do, how to start the digital transformation. Then if you have already decided on dynamics, uh, then it's fine that dynamics is there. But if you have not decided about the technology, again, this is about dynamics 365, but it can be, this book can be imp uh, implemented for any kind of technology. So you will gain a lot of knowledge about how to start, how to prepare, um, what to do, and what are the things, what are the gotchas that you need to avoid? What are the risks that you need to avoid? If you have decided upon dynamics 365, then it's fine as well, because a consultant will gain a knowledge about how, what, and what the agile transformation, how to do it, that, that's a, certain aspects of it. So I would say business directors, business transformation directors, program managers, project managers, functional consultant, and anybody who is also in the support role, which could be like a support uh, service delivery manager or service delivery director, that it will also help them. And we also have an aspiration of any business management students who are at aspiring to, uh, you know, work within the digital transformation space, thinking about, so there is there is great lot of information in this book where they can read and understand what is happening in the industry. And the book is quite practical because it's written by me and Vinny Pansal, but there are a lot of insights and we have got a lot of customer stories included in this book, which talks about what are the challenges they had, what have they done, 
and what are the benefits they have got out of digital transformation, the way they have led their program. Mm-hmm. So hence, it's it's an aspiration work. It's um, catered for C-suite executives, um, you know, any consultants doing that role, and also future students. Yeah, that's important. There is not much literature, and, and maybe in the type of what you have uh, written it, there is not much literature uh, available. But just for me to be sure that we don't lose the audience, Dynamics 365, I actually know what it is, but can you just explain? Uh, maybe so it's audience? a product. Microsoft has got this product, Dynamics 365. And which is in cloud platform. So you can actually um, get this product for if you're thinking about increase the organization efficiency, either in finance operation side or in the retail side or the sales and marketing and services. Um, so there are, there is a built in capabilities within the Dynamics 365 that can apply directly to your business. Now, there might be some configuration or some customization every organization need to do based on your particular areas of um, variations. That's something a consultant can come in and look and into what are the, uh, you know, the fit in or what kind of changes they need to bring in or what are the different configuration they need to do to apply directly to the customer. Mm-hmm. Great. Currently, are you a practice leader or a program manager? I'm program director, so director. in terms of yeah, d- delivering the digital transformation. Yeah, I would like maybe to, if you could give a sneak peek to a day in the life of a program director for the audience. Maybe some people in the audience, I don't think many of them are necessarily C-suite executives, so they, are, they may not all be familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it uh, turns with, uh, you know, the client in terms of the client need is the first need and how we are looking for it. So basically, it can, um, internally, we need to look for, uh, you know, we got everything, there are no problems arising, so looking into those Kind of areas ensuring that is managed. Um, if there are any risk and issues, obviously the risks need to be raised on a regular, uh, you know, basis, discussed with the client, and uh, discussed with the risk mitigation as well. Um, commercially, also need to think about what are the what is the impact on the commercial side of things. Um, so that's quite important. Um, I'm not saying measuring every week, but have a keen eye and detailed view of what is happening and how it is impacting the commercially, whether is impacting in a month time or whether it's a, you know in weeks time you should be always aware of that so commercial view clients view in terms of delivering the business benefits directly to the clients and if there are any problems whether it's a culturally we cannot meet that or if there are we can anticipate any kind of risks uh, that also need to be raised it could be sensitive sometimes mm-hmm. so but need to have that kind of sensitive discussion with the right level of um, right engagement right stakeholders and stakeholder management is quite key and the communication to stakeholders is quite important because it could be varied level of stakeholders depending on if you're working on a multi um you know country deployment then it will be like multi regional managers country managers in if it's a government sector, then it can implement. It can go up to the level of you know the government sector. Don't yeah. know. Don't want to even name it, but it could be yeah. not just the organisation, but it has got a direct impact to the government. Um, if it is kind of if you're looking for healthcare sector, and again, it's not just the organisation. It is impacting oh, on nice. the patients and the clients to human life. So it depends on which area I'm working on and no client is, uh, you know, two clients might not be having the same kind of problems, completely different. So always 
having an open conversation with my team and also with the client team to understand that I'm having the right level of information and I'm also having the right level of raising the right level of risk at the right point in time and also have the risk mitigation in place. Okay, that's uh, an excellent uh, answer because it opens up on, because you have insisted on a risk and uh, stakeholder management. So we understand that it's a role in which a lot of important conversations are being taken and uh, you receive and you communicate a lot of crucial information. So uh, I think that's great. With regards to the book, you wrote it with a co-author. So is that someone with whom you uh, used to work? Um, no, it's it's in the industry. So I have met Benny Bonsal when we were talking about the book. So we thought of bringing in the ideas of, you know, bringing in industry leaders. So I'll give you some examples of uh, where we have got different um, people from the industry. So Yes. So, so through, across the book, you will find uh, insights from people. Yes. So over different chapters. We can see uh, uh, Ralph, try not to um, get the family name wrong, but uh, he's putting a, a quote or a, a, an example. Quote, example, insights. Yeah. And then what we also have in the book is um, every section, um, at the end of every section, we have three customer stories, um, which talks about challenges, benefits, and the solution, um, the benefits. So you'll find that quite important because they have been rolling out the Dynamics 365, but it has got major, you know, the different models of working, what they have taken into consideration, and some of the organization have been doing it during pandemic. So what are the key things? What are the key challenges they have to do? They have to, since it's in cloud, so the rollout was not a problem because they can roll out globally or, mm -hmm. you know, a, uh, so that was not, you didn't need to have a face-to-face -face conversation, but some of the requirements were captured during workshop sessions, like, uh, you know, in a video call, in a Zoom call, um, their development went on and deployment went on. So it's how you have managed, how the organizations have managed, so practical insights everywhere throughout the book. That's excellent. Indeed, uh, the pandemic uh, has forced uh, a lot of uh, ERP projects, digital transformation projects to go virtual, even though uh, maybe part of it was already virtual, but mostly, the, as you said, the requirements gathering. That's usually a phase that you do face-to-face. -face, uh, now it can be also done virtually. So uh, that's important. I think in the book, you also have a reference to um, some kind of uh, four, four quarters in which there is a phased evolution uh, of a digital transformation project. At the beginning of the book, I wanted to set the expectations right. And this is about, you know, what you need to do. First, you have to define the vision. Once you have defined the vision and mission of what the project is going to de deliver, the second one is prepare the organization, get a delivery partner, or if you have internal capabilities, just assess and assess the capabilities internally. So that's the second part. And uh, once you have defined it, then the next part is about, you know, how you prepare the organization. You, I have in my chapter four, I said, consider and evaluate five cornerstones of digital transformation. By that, I mean, Excellent. I have covered like... Um, you know, what are the culture shifts, strategic shift, process shift, and people mindset shift, and finally governance and control to top on the overlay. You can do that. And in the quarter three review, where I said, like, you know, if you think about a um, 12 months program, what you need to do in Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, and the book is segregated in four parts, really. So the first part is talking about the 
how you identify the change, what are the key um, business capabilities. And then the second one, we talk about, you know, what are the um, things that you need to do, what you need to do and how you need to do. And in the third section, we talked about don't forget about, uh, you know, don't get too busy with going live. Think about how we will you sustain, what are the continuous improvement, what you are going to measure after you go live with a certain technology, because you have to continuously think about delivering value to the client uh, with a user adoption. So don't miss out on that and how you prepare the organization. Again, that part is there. And in the fourth section, which is uh, more about, you know, appendix of where we have touched upon the DevOps, the agile ways of working, um, and overall how it will help uh, in terms of overall end-to-end journey of your digital transformation. That's great. Uh, and I think it's also great to uh, wrap up a bit the, the discussion about the book because it's very complete. Even though, as you said, you refer to uh, Dynamics 365, I am in more in, I have more SAP experience, but I think it's very relevant as well, whichever technology you work with. But uh, digital transformation is uh, not a one-time thing. It's really something that is uh, continuous. So uh, it's very uh, crucial. So we are on the show called Consulting Lifestyle and you're a consultant. So, and you have traveled a lot. So for you, uh, what does having a consulting lifestyle mean, uh, Lippi? I, I enjoy it throughout. As I said, I, I really am a people person. So I love to travel, love to meet and touch, you know, anything tangible, which means like the culture part of things and meeting people that really, um, I, I feel very happy about that. And the next part is about caring, giving love, values and benefits that, that comes through it in terms of whatever I can do with the digital transformation, giving, uh, you know, uh, giving something tangible as a solution, as looking into the organization for how and where we can help. So as a consultant, I would see it's kind of an embedded part. And so overall, I talk about people, process, technology and governance, but it's also about consulting. It's about, uh, you know, overall looking from the perspective of how we can help. That's that's a key uh, statement, I would say, how we can help and how as a consultant, how I can help and where I can help. Okay, excellent. Excellent, Lippi. And uh, where can people uh, find you and the book? I'm in LinkedIn. I'm approachable. Uh, so you can connect me via LinkedIn. I'm doing lots of podcasts. So you can see me uh, talking about my experience, talking about the book, talking about where I can help and how I can help through YouTube or different podcasts. And you can find this book through Amazon. It is available worldwide. So, you know, Amazon Marketplace, whichever country you are in. So you should be able to buy the book. And there might be every time there are some kind of discounts going on through Amazon. So if you book in early, so you might be able to get some discount. Excellent. Maybe for the people that will view the video, you can uh, show again uh, the cover of the book. So uh, Building a Digital Future, a Transformational Blueprint for Innovating with Microsoft Dynamics 365, co-authored by uh, Vini Bansai and our guest today, Lippi Sarkar. So it was uh, really great to uh, have you, Lippi. Uh, it's a crucial subject. <laughs> I think it's underestimated so how much. important and it is. To be honest, I mean, you can write so much. And I had to, you know, felt like, okay, it's a book, but there is an ample opportunity to talk about certain more things. Um, because digital <laughs> transformation is huge. You can't write everything in the book. So Exactly. Thank you again. It's my pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Lippi. It was great to have you. So what do you think about it? What was the most important things that you have learned today? Just let me know. I am available on LinkedIn as well as Lippi. So at Diogen Tirande Koura. You can also send an email to uh, info at uh, erphappy.com 
or you can go on our website erphappy.com and find also some other uh, episodes to listen to from uh, the consulting lifestyle today consulting lifestyle has a bit more than 100 episodes that are live a lot of interviews also a lot of insight and uh, we are always looking forward to uh, provide you with the best content possible thank you and goodbye thank you for listening to the consulting lifestyle podcast leave a review on itunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host Diogène Tirandekoura.